I would be more comfortable if we just shouted for a minute. Yeah. Hey, glory! Hey. Hallelujah! 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 Glory! Hallelujah! Sometimes you got to get the cobwebs out. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to be together again. Good to be with other believers and, and faith people. Glory to God. I tell you when, you, when you need help, there's nobody like faith people to help you. Amen. If you, if you lose some, some friends because you got hooked up with faith people, well, the faith people will be better friends. Yeah, they'll, they'll be there. They'll give you what you need in your trial and your time of need. Amen. Amen. Well, you already greeted some people, but do it again. Tell them, I'm so glad to sit beside you tonight. Praise the Lord. Good to have everyone here. Glad you're here. I mean, uh, Christians come out on Sunday morning and real Christians come out on Sunday night. <laughs> Good to see you. Glad you're here. We're going to uh, have a wonderful time again this evening. I trust you got what you needed, some things you needed this morning. And uh, if you came hungry, you, you'll, you'll uh, continue to receive. I came hungry. I, I, uh, I, I get to feed on what I'm going to minister on before the service. I get to feed on it during the service. And then we always talk about it, as the pastors and us always talk about it after the service. And so I, I just think I'm three times more blessed than you because cause you get it once, I get it three times. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you have half as fu much fun as I have preaching it, then I've had twice as much fun as you. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Don't you appreciate your pastors? Uh, they're they're uh, cream of the crop. I, I, I've grown to appreciate them and love them and got to spend some time with them again today at lunch and uh, their, their family, some of their family. And uh, thank God for like people of like precious faith. <clears throat> thank God for people that are raising their children right. Amen. I mean, I just, it just, I, I just, you know, nowadays I appreciate that so much because there's so much low standard parenting, low standard, you know, training up the next generation. And, uh, you know, just, just appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Appreciate uh, people. They're, those that, that uh, know how to walk in the word in all areas and are seeing fruit and results, mark them and follow them. Learn to learn things from them because, you know, pastors are preaching just not just faith and healing or something. They're preaching all these things that are, give you victory in every area of life. Amen. How many of you know if you're healed, but your kids are all out on drugs and, you know, getting, you know, arrested and, you know, messed up, messed up, messed up. Well, you know, that's not the best God has for you. God has more for you. Right. Amen. Amen. God wants us to have victory in every area of life. Every area of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So just, just appreciate their fellowship and look forward to whatever years to come uh, that we have together to run our race together. I, I appreciate people that are full of joy and full of faith that uh, can, can you know, run our race together with. 
Hallelujah. We, uh, I don't know if you got a chance this morning to look at the product table. Things are back there for your spiritual edification. Um, I look over the table to pick things out and I think, well, they just all need one of everything. I don't know which one to pick out because <laughs> I know what's in them. Here's an interesting one. This one, uh, you, you, you wouldn't... Uh, anyway, let's see. What have we got? Three, two, two CDs here. You wouldn't... Uh, this one's kind of interesting and different. It's called Hell, You Don't Want to Go There. Uh, I was uh, preaching. We got to church on one Sunday morning. This is probably 10 years ago, maybe more. And uh, we were praising and worshiping God. And I got up and I said, if you don't think you got anything, to, I said, you do. You got many things to thank God for. But if you don't think you've got more than one thing to thank God for, thank God you're not going to hell. And when I said that, they shouted and praised and the anointing fell. I said, Lord, what was that all about? He said, I want you to do a series on hell. And so I prepared for it. And this one will scare hell out of you. <laughs> this will make you not want to go there. We have record in the Bible of a man that went to hell. Jesus told the, it's not really a parable. I don't believe, I believe it was an actual incident of the rich man and Lazarus. The Bible said, in hell, the rich man lifted up his eyes and he said, hey, <laughs> he wanted out of there. How many of you know we hear testimonies of people that went to heaven and they don't ever want to come back? So the ones in hell want out, the ones in heaven don't want to come back. Go figure. Which one do you want to go to? You know, I know we're, we're, we're preaching to the choir, we're preaching to church folks tonight, but there are people that uh, just kind of have the idea that you come in contact with, you know, work, wherever. They have the idea, eh, hell, you know, we'll go down there, we'll have a party. They have no idea what the Bible says about hell. Hell is complete isolation. Hell is torment day in and day out. Not just torment, let me take it back. Torments. And we go into great detail about all the torments. Um, somebody said, well, uh, you know, I'm not going there. Well, it'd just be good for you to hear it. And, uh, and to be aware when people say stupid things about, you know, we'll just all go to hell and have a party. Uh, you, you're just aware of, of how to help them because that's deception. The devil doesn't want people to know what hell is all about. God doesn't want people to go to hell. He never prepared it for people. He prepared it for the devil and his angels. But people that agree with... And, and here's something. Uh, people say, well, you know, and this is, this is popular nowadays and it's not true. You know, how many of you know people say sometimes millions of people couldn't be wrong? <laughs> yeah, right. But people say, and, and it's just fame, it's, it's, it's popular nowadays. People say, well, you know, a, a loving God wouldn't send anybody to hell. And uh, the fact is, that statement is, is uh, dyed in the wool ignorance. Because that's why Jesus came to keep people from going. He's not sending them there, they send themselves there. He sent Jesus to make a way out. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I just don't believe God would do that. Well, let me ask you a question. If uh, you're a parent and you have a child, let's take a daughter, and, and some yahoo, <laughs> I don't know how you say that in Spanish, but <laughs> uh, violates your daughter physically or sexually, only a parent who doesn't love their daughter would allow that person to remain in the house. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Love will kick them out. 
and do whatever they got to do. Prosecute. Come on now, don't look at me. I mean, love will separate them from the, from the one that... Uh, somebody said, well, that's not love. It's love for the people of God to separate the people of God from those who wanted nothing to do for, with God forever. That's what hell is. It's separating them from the ones that chose God, wanted God, wanted Him forever. And God said, all right, you know, I'm going to just separate all those who don't. Because, because God, God's given people a chance. Anyway, I'm just preaching that you need to get this. We don't hear much about hell today, but, but uh, it's real. It's not, it's not uh, going away because people say, well, I'm not going to think about that. No, it's still there. Um, then we've got a series here called The Spirit of Faith. The Spirit of Faith. This came out of, uh, oh, Bible school, really. World Harvest Bible School uh, in uh, California. We're in California. You know that. Down in, down in Marietta. And we were there for a week, and uh, we taught on the Spirit of Faith. And we went through a lot of issues, a lot, a lot of what the Spirit of Faith is. You can have faith and not have a Spirit of Faith. Uh, a spirit of faith, uh, I'm going to get into it in great detail, but a spirit of faith basically has an attitude. You can have faith and not have an attitude. A while back I injured my back and it was everything I could do just to stand on my feet. You know, I was in so much pain. And uh, the Lord spoke to me one night during the night when I woke up from sleeping. He said, uh, you can, I'll let you have this if you, let you, if, if you allow it. I'll allow what you allow. But he said, you're going to have to get defiant of this thing. You're going to have to say no. I mean, have you know, though, you know, the Bible says, whatever we uh, uh, bind is bound, whatever we loose is loose. Some translations say, whatever we allow is allowed. Whenever we forbid is forbidden. You know, a lot of things are in people's lives because they're still okay with it being there. Okay, let's see if I can find somebody to say amen. That's the truth. The truth. You and I have authority and we should stand up on our hind legs and, and resist it and say, no, you're not staying in my life. And that's when stuff starts paying attention. Oh, I love it. David had a spirit of faith and he didn't run from Goliath. He ran towards him and said, uncircumcised Philistine, you're out of here. That's the spirit of faith. That's the spirit of faith. You're not back in the trenches saying the name of Jesus. No, you're going, in the name, you're coming at him. Amen. You need to get this serious. This one will also wake you up in the morning without your coffee. Hallelujah. And then a couple of singles we have back there. Uh, this one is important for being a part of a local church. Is There are privileges and there are responsibilities. And this one is called protecting the unity of your company. Talking about the local church. And uh, don't listen to this one if, you're not, if, if, you, if you don't have steel-toed shoes on, because this one will really uh, talk to you real loud. <laughs> Protecting the unity of your company. We talk about keeping strife out, offense out, and uh, not just uh, lending an ear to strife, amen, but being loyal to leadership, you know, separating from those who are strifeful or who bring strife in and try to spread those kinds of things. And so uh, that's it back there. And then here's one called Godly Repentance. Godly Repentance. I, I pastored for almost 20 years now. And I learned some folks don't know how to repent. They don't know what it is. People today, they preach against repentance, you know. But uh, it's still in the Bible. Amen. 
So godly repentance. Godly repentance just isn't crying because you got caught. Amen. I said amen. Come on now. It's actually turning from uh, and, and humbling yourself and turning from the thing and so forth. When we also have these products, these uh, scripture CDs. Remember we were talking about those this morning. Here's the one on health and healing. These are available in Spanish. And I didn't mention this morning, but they are also, I think, three of them. Is it uh, three of them are available in book form? I don't know. Some, you know, different ones of us like different things. We like audios or we like books. So you can get it in any form. Uh, and, you know, you, when you get a book, you can underline. And uh, make sure and put your name in the front of it so your spouse doesn't get it and start underlining too. How many of you there's nothing worse than somebody getting your book and underlining don't, don't, look, don't look at anybody. <laughs> get your book and, and underlining your book. You got to get your own. Anybody, anybody know Pastor Nancy's law of the book? You got to get your own. You, just, just sharing books doesn't work. So get your own. Go out there and get those. One more I want to mention. Um, this is another one that's kind of interesting as far as the title. I don't know. I like, I like grabbing people's attention. You know, like, what? What was that? This one's called How to Die. You say, well, I don't want to die. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't do this because I have a death wish or anything. I produced this because the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, in, whenever we're, you know, pastoring there, he said, um, I have a certain way, I have a unique way I want my people to live. And he said, I have a unique way I want my people to die. How many of you know we're not going to live forever down here unless Jesus comes? You know, we're going we're gonna, to, uh, you know, pass out of this body and... But a lot of people don't know how to do that. They just think everything they see in the world, that's just the way people die. But there's a unique way the Bible says to die. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'll just give you a clue. The Bible says, the Bible calls Jacob's death the death of the righteous. And Jacob called in his family. He was, in health, he was healthy and everything. Called in his family, prophesied to all of them, told, them every, told everybody by the Spirit where they were going in life, what God had planned for them and so forth. And then, then the Bible said he gathered his feet up into the bed and boogied, like Brother Dr. Dufresne used to say. That just means he just gave, the actual King James says he gave up the ghost. That means he just left. So there's a way God has for us to die and it's without sickness and disease. Glory to God. Well, if I'm not sick, how am I going to die? That's why you need to get this serious, because you need to learn that. I believe God ought to be glorified. Paul said God will be glorified in my life or in my death. God ought to be glorified. How I many of you know there are certain ways of dying that's not glorifying God? And so uh, get this serious. Learn about that. We're not trying to get anybody to die. We're trying to keep people alive and, and then die in right. There's a right way. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you brought your Bible, I want you to go this evening to a passage of Scripture. We'll start out here in Second uh, Chronicles chapter number 5. 2 Chronicles chapter number 5. <clears throat> I uh, had clear direction which, which, what to do tonight. Aren't you glad the Spirit speaks clearly? Yes. Second Chronicles chapter number 5. Chapter number 5. We're going to start reading. Well, we'll just start in verse 1, then we'll skip down to a couple of other ones. Second Chronicles 5, verse 1. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. It's such a lamp to our feet. It's so, 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 it gives us such direction. It renews our mind. It builds our faith. It shows us your plan. It reveals you. It is so much. It's nourishment for our spirits. We take it in with, with a teachable heart tonight. We have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us as a, as a company, as a body of believers, as a local church, as part of a local church. We give you all the praise tonight for answers. We give you praise for utterance. We say we have ears to hear. And uh, we hear what our, our part is in your plan in this time. And we thank you. We're not just hearers of your word. We're doers of your word. And we thank you for the results. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Chronicles 5, verse 1. Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things that David his father had dedicated in silver and gold and so forth and so on. Uh, and uh, he's talking about the building of the temple. It was finished. Then I want you to notice, it mentions for a few verses, the uh, setting up of the, of the things and uh, where they put everything. And then in verse 13 it says, It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, hallelujah, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that then, circle then, the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so much so that the priests could not stand to minister, couldn't stand up, by reason of the cloud. Well, what sort of cloud is this talking about? What's he talking about? Notice the next statement. For the glory of the Lord. That's what that cloud was. The glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Hallelujah. Oh, mama, sookie, sookie. I'm interested in that. Uh, maybe from California, you don't know what sookie, sookie means. That means, that just means I'm hungry for that. <laughs> if you grew up on the farm, you know some things about sookie, sookie. But... Um, I've, I've ministered on this subject many, many times, and uh, the subject of the glory of the Lord, and I am convinced, in fact, the Lord spoke to me one time and said to me, he said, this is the, the glory of the Lord, is the last frontier of the church. He said, it's where fullness is. Fullness, in other words, the fullness of God's plan, the fullness of everything we're believing for. It's where fullness is. Full manifestation of all the gifts of the Spirit. Full operation of the five-fold ministry offices. Fullness of all, all the uh, moves of God and all the things God does. And, um, you know, we've, we've experienced this many times in our services. It's not always something you see. It's, it's not, I'll just give you what the glory is, at least one definition. We can't get into it all tonight. But it's basically the manifestation of the presence of God. Yeah. A manifestation of the presence of God. Yeah. 
And it appears all through the Bible. We could read, and I won't, we could read uh, 25, 30 scriptures tonight, all through the Old Testament and New Testament, where the glory is mentioned and it appeared. It would often say it appeared. It appeared over the tabernacle. Here's the temple. The glory filled the temple. It looked like a cloud. It appeared whenever Moses went up on Mount Sinai. It appeared when Jesus was transfigured. It appeared when Stephen was stoned. He saw the glory of God. It appeared on the road to Damascus when Saul was struck down by that bright light. Uh, And we could go on and on and on. It actually came into the upper room on the day of Pentecost. We read that the, t- the, the, the tongues of fire set on their head, but actually it says that the house was filled. Remember that? Yes. Came, let's just think about it. So, uh, that's in Acts chapter number two, verse number one. Let's go over there. <clears throat> Sometimes we miss how it says it. Is it all right if we look in the word a little bit? Acts chapter number, chapter number uh, two. Praise the Lord. This is when the Holy Spirit was initially poured out. How many of you know he's here now? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Did we see that over in 2 Chronicles? When they became as one to make one sound, the trumpeters, singers, everybody, one accord. They were in unity. That's what that means. One, One there refers to unity. And uh, that the house was filled with the glory of the Lord. And so here it is again. They were with one accord in one place. One accord is not one Honda. (laughs) One accord. One accord means unity. And you see that term all through the book of Acts. You see it here in Acts 2. They were in one accord. If you look back in Acts 1, it says in Acts chapter number 1, it mentions who was there or at least the, the main leaders there. And then in verse 14, it says, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. So they were in unity, believing God for what Jesus had said, tarry in Jerusalem because there's gonna, I'm gonna, you're going to be endued with power from on high. They were in unity about that. Some of them weren't over on this side doubting, saying, oh, well, we've never seen anything like that. We don't believe it's going to happen. No, they were all in one accord. They were in unity of faith, unity of, they were there for the same reason. You know what I'm talking about? They were there to receive that outpouring. Hallelujah. They didn't, nobody had their own agenda. They were all on God's agenda. They were all there for God's reasons. Glory to God. And so they were in one accord, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, and suddenly, oh, you need to read through the book of Acts, and see that this came a number of times. The word Bible says the word suddenly is using it. It means suddenly the power of God manifested. You see it in the sixth cha- uh, excuse me, the sixteenth uh, chapter. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. That wasn't a California earthquake. <laughs> that was the power of God filled that place, shook that jail. Broke the bands, broke the, the, the stocks, and, and destroyed what was binding them. Yeah. Glory to God. That's the, that's the manifest presence of God. And we see it here. We see it in the fourth chapter, and then the 16th chapter, the 13th chapter. We see this manifest presence of God's anointing, not just, see, the anointing lives in us as individuals, doesn't it? Yeah. 
it comes upon us in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But there's something that the church, I don't think, thinks much about. I'm talking about when I say the church, the church world as a whole doesn't think much about. And that is that God has even a further plan for us in the anointing than the anointing living in us or being baptized in the Holy Ghost or the anointing coming on an individual to stand in an office of ministry. That's all the anointing. That's all God's plan. But there's even a further plan for us as the body of Christ for when it comes to the anointing. It's like the little boy on the side of the sidewalk selling newspaper. Extra, extra, read all about it, you know. There's something more. Uh, there are too many Christians just came into the door. They came into salvation. Or maybe they went a little further and got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But there's this, this whole realm of the Spirit and the move of the Spirit that believers need to come on into. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get, get hungry for all that God has for us. This is where fullness is. What I'm talking about tonight is where fullness is. I said fullness. Now you can sit there and look at me and say, I don't know what that is and I don't know if I'm interested. Let me just tell you, you are interested in fullness. Because everything you're believing for is in fullness. Everything. Reaching this city, it's in that. Amen. All the, the, the fullness of manifestations of the healing, the, the ministry of healing, it's in that. Amen. So God has a further plan and we need to reach for it. What if I, what if I invited you to my house and I said, come on over, we want to have you for dinner and... Uh, and uh, well, let's just say you wanted to stay at, at our house for a while and, and spend a few days, enjoy our fellowship and, you know, eat our food and sleep in our bed and so forth and so on. But I invited you over and you came through the door and you closed the door and you back up against the door. And, you, and, and we said, come on in, come on in, have, you know, have a seat in the living room. Would you want some, you'd like your tea sweet or you like your tea? How do you, what do you want? Are you hungry? You want, you want something to drink? Oh, I, I'm just enjoying the house. Just enjoying the house. No, you're not. You got to get, too many Christians just came through the door of all that God has for them and they're thinking, isn't this wonderful? Well, yeah, the sofa's even more wonderful. The food in the refrigerator, that's even more wonderful. And the bed upstairs, that's even more wonderful. And we got a shower and we got a back porch looking over nature and we, we can go back there and fellowship with God and, on and on and on. Isn't that right? And we got heat and we got air conditioning. We got <laughs> That's what believers need to do. They need to come on in. Come on in. Before all that God has for us. And what I'm talking about tonight is the glory of God. Or there's another term we have coined in modern day. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's a good term. It's not necessarily one you see in the Bible, but I think it's a good term. We call it the corporate anointing. And uh, it's, it's not just the anointing in us, which the anointing does dwell in us. How many of you know God goes with us when we go home? He goes with us to work. He's, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we're not preaching against that. That's all foundational. We need to understand that. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But what I'm talking about is more, is, is the strongest anointing that will ever come into manifestation in the earth. In a corporate way where it rolls in like a cloud. Hallelujah. We've had it in many of our meetings. The Lord deals with me sometimes to preach on it like he did here. You know why he wants us to preach on it? 
because he wants to build our faith for it. Jesus said if, if, if the, at the tomb of Lazarus, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. That's how these things manifest. Oh, I don't see it, so I don't believe it. Well, you, you got it in reverse. Believing equals seeing. Seeing doesn't equal believing. And by the way, you don't need to see it for it to be in, in the room. You can see it. We were down, I don't know, Pastor Marcus, if you were with us. Did you go to Mexico when that glory rolled in? <clears throat> Dr. Dufresne, I don't remember which trip it was. We went on three or four trips to Mexico. And one of those trips, was it Campeche? Uh, there was, what, 800 people there, ministers and people from all over. And Dr. Dufresne's preaching. And, and us preachers are sitting on the front row. Of course, we're looking this way. He's looking that way. And so he didn't see it. But us on the front row, because I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm, and I'm listening to him preach. And, and I looked and I'm like, I started blinking. Because over in the front of the room, like if we're sitting there, it's on our right. Over in the front of the room, a very visible cloud was rolling in. Now, I've seen it in the, I've, I've had my eyes opened to the realm of the spirit and seen it in the spirit realm. This wasn't in the spirit realm. This came out of the spirit realm and into the natural realm. Every person, sinner and saint alike in the auditorium saw it. Because it didn't just stay over in that corner. It rolled in and rolled over the congregation, rolled over Dr. Dufresne, rolled over the first row, the second row. It went all the way to the back. And the whole room, you're blinking because it's like, what happened? I mean, people that didn't know, didn't know what happened. They're like, what? They thought, literally, they thought, because there was a kitchen off to the side, they were cooking for us ministers, they thought some, you know, something burnt on the stove or something. I mean, people were running back there to make sure everything's okay. Everybody saw it. Everybody saw it. Everybody. Even sinners. That's what I mean when I said it. Did, it wasn't just in the spirit realm. It came into the natural realm. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that was, a, that was a sign to that congregation. It was many congregations came together. It was a sign of God's anointing and God's confirmation of the ministry that's going forth. And uh, I'll be honest with you, there was, there was a lot of things in that meeting that, that was uh, opposing the meeting. I, I won't go into all the details. But uh, it was a sign to a bunch of uh, hard-hearted, unbelieving preachers that were there. I could tell you all the details, but I won't. But it was, it was something that God did in order to confirm the message that was being preached. Because there was opposition to the message that was being preached. Amen. How many of you know there was a time in the Old Testament where uh, Moses and, I mean, Miriam and Aaron rose up against Moses and said, well, God speaks by us too. And the cloud appeared over the tabernacle and God said to Miriam and Aaron, you too, right here. <laughs> I mean, God's talking to him out of a cloud. <laughs> And he said, if there's a prophet among you, I'll talk to him in a vision, in a dream. And he went on to talk about Moses and how he had set him aside and he's the leader. Yes, sir. <laughs> Confirmation of whose side he's on in this struggle for, you know. Amen. That's what was happening in Mexico. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Well, um, the corporate anointing, that's a good, that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that term. It's not an anointing on an individual. We believe in the anointing on an individual. It's not the anointing in every believer. We believe the anointing is in every believer. Remember Second, uh, or, uh, 1 John 2, 27, the anointing that you have, talking to all believers, you have received of him and abides in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost that goes on in other places. So we believe in, in the inward, in the presence of God in every believer. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost for every believer. We believe in the anointing coming on people to minister, to stand in the office of ministry. <clears throat> but there's more. Somebody said, well, that's just Old Testament. Oh, no, 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 no. You didn't read the New Testament very well. There's all, it's all through the New Testament. Hallelujah. In fact, go over, go over, look at a passage. Look at a passage in, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. We could spend an entire two weeks on this subject every night and not exhaust it. I've done extensive study and research and, and preached on it, and I'm not just uh, saying that to, you know, exaggerate. It's, it's the truth. And uh, I believe the church needs to hear about these things. We need to hear some stories. <clears throat> I was preaching on the glory of God in Sullivan, no, yeah, yeah, Sullivan, Illinois. In a church there, a good church. And uh, <clears throat> it was a Sunday night, <clears throat> and the Lord spoke to me to speak on this. And I'm preaching, and, and I started out by just reading a bunch of scriptures, Old and New Testament, on the glory of God. And I'm reading them, and every now and then I'd look up, and I'm reading, looking up, reading, looking up. And I'm, I'm, I got so far into it and looked up, and the, it was kind of on the right side, or, well, it was my left. And uh, the pastors and some of the leadership were sitting over there, the music team that had just finished singing, um, and that's just, they were sort of on this one side. And I looked up and looked over there and, and I blinked again because I thought, am I, what's wrong? Is, am I seeing something? And right over that group of leadership and the music team up there, I'd say maybe two, three rows up there, three, maybe three, three rows, was a cloud. And I'm blinking. Because how many of you know you make stuff up and you say you're seeing something and it's not really seeing something. It's just, you know... Now, you start making things up, people find out you're a fraud. So I'm wanting to make sure. <laughs> and sure enough, there's that cloud. And not only did I see the cloud, I couldn't talk. Literally, I, I couldn't talk. My tongue, got the, the, the glory got in my tongue. I couldn't speak. That's an Old Testament manifestation, you see. And uh, so I went... and. <laughs> And I couldn't say anything, and I, was, I, I wasn't frozen. I could move, but I, I was just standing there looking. And uh, I couldn't say what I saw, but they could tell something's happening. A man, on the, I think it was on the third row, on the end of the row, <clears throat> must have sensed it or something. And uh, you're in Second Corinthians, right? We're going to get there. And uh, he stood up. The congregation's all seated, but he stood up. He was going to lift his hands. He started to. He lifted his hands to, to worship God. And I kid you not, now, now this, this is a hard floor. They had something like this, but they had a real thin carpet on it. Wasn't that thick. Wasn't, wasn't plush or anything. You know, maybe just a quarter of an inch deep, something like that. That, that real tight berber for commercial carpet. Uh, and and uh, he stood up. He, he's, he's, they had pews. He stood up and he stepped out into the aisle, away from the pew. Just look the pews right here. 
He's, he does this to worship God. And it looked like, because I was looking, it looked like somebody took a ball bat and just went, bam, on his head. Because he stood up to praise God and went like that on that floor, that hard concrete with a little padding on it. And you could hear in the whole congregation, they went. <clears throat> They're thinking, God, the way he hit. I mean, it was, it, it was loud. Boom. But nobody moved. But, but everybody kind of like. <clears throat> and, and, but people started sensing the presence of God. And, uh, you know, later, a lot happened. I'll give you a few details. But later we asked him. Did you know, are you okay? Did you know you hit real hard? He said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? We said, well, you hit real. And he said, oh, I thought I just kind of floated down like a feather. He said, I didn't feel anything. Hallelujah. How many of you know if it's really God, he'll protect you. But he could not stand. Like those ministers couldn't. He couldn't stand in it. That power is too strong. It, it just, he, he went out. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the, the purpose of that that night, that congregation was a very irreverent congregation. I mean, chewing gum, chatter. You could hear a chatter while you're preaching. Just congregate people talking and irreverent. But boy, when that glory came in, that straightened that out. Oh, you better believe it, honey. That place got quiet and the glory just rolled for a while. I just, I couldn't talk, so I just stood there and I just watched. And it got quiet. I don't know if you ever noticed in the Old Testament, whenever the glory appeared over the tabernacle or over the mainly over the tabernacle, the Bible said they all became reverent and they bowed and, and got on the ground. They worshiped God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, our services are light and fluffy sometimes. That manifest glory comes in. People they they, they get they get reverent. And that, that changed that congregation. They, they began to weep. They began to repent. People began coming forward and repenting for their irreverence. And uh, that went on for about, <clears throat> I would say, 20 minutes. I just stood there. Just let, I figured if God started it, he could finish it. Didn't need my help. He started it, he can finish it. And that went on for about 20 minutes. And my, my mind is saying, in his presence is fullness of joy. So we ought to be rejoicing. But here we are, not me, but they're weeping and crying and repenting. And so my mind's kind of thinking, well, what's going on here? Later, I understood better. But, uh, and, then, and then it changed. That went on for a while. They all repented for a while. And then it changed and people began to laugh and rejoice. And the laughter went through the whole auditorium. And people laughed and... and uh, in mass, Pastor, there was probably, I don't know, 300 people there. Maybe, maybe not quite. Maybe 250 people there, somewhere in that range. Somewhere between 200 and 300. And when that glory came in, when that changed and they began to laugh, the anointing moved in that way. We had a service the next night. That was a Sunday night, if I remember right. And then the next night was Monday night. And we had, I just had a prompt to get a testimony, you know, have a testimony night. We never preached the Monday night because the testimonies took so long. There was about 80 people instantly healed in that glory. When they got done repenting and the joy of the Lord hit, the, the healing and on just went, whew, and about 80 people didn't lay hands. I think I did lay hands on one person. 
but most of them didn't even lay hands on and the presence of God. See, if you don't lay hands on them, the anointing though, in that corporate manifest glory, just, just took care of all that. Glory to God. How many of you know sometimes we're, we seem to, seem to be playing church? Maybe we're in ankle deep waters. <laughs> but oh, let's keep on waiting on out. I said, let's keep on waiting on out. Hallelujah. Now, second, did you find 2 Corinthians? Chapter number 2, 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2, it says in verse 6, we're speaking the wisdom of God to them that are perfect. Now, in Paul's context, the wisdom of God is God's plan marked off from the foundation of the world, the plan of redemption. We speak the wisdom of God among them that are mature, we could say. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, now notice, talking about the plan of redemption that was hidden from the foundation of the world. You can read that all through the Bible. It was hidden. Prophets in the Old Testament longed to see it and so forth. They, they didn't understand it. But this plan that Jesus come, redeem us, take our place, that was hidden from the foundation of the world, which God ordained from the foundation of the world, notice, unto our glory. Now, that, we read that and we, we miss what he's saying. Other translations say, to bring us back to the glory. What do you mean, bring us back? All have sinned and come short of the what is the glory of God? Well, when Adam sinned originally, the Bible said, they, the first thing it says about it is they knew they were naked. And they clothed themselves, right? With fig leaves, and God replaced it. But, uh, but they clothed themselves because they knew. Why did they only then know they were naked? Because they had been clothed with what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They lived in a cloud. That's why they hadn't seen their body. <laughs> Amen. Now that sounds strange, but see, God has a better plan than we have. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And so redemption was God's plan to bring us back to the glory. <laughs> hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying stop wearing clothes. Just want to say that in case anybody squirrely in here. Yeah, we are in California. <laughs> but we're just simply saying that the manifest presence of God belongs to us. I said it belongs to us. It's ours to enjoy. It's ours to experience. It's ours to benefit from. Ooh, glory. You don't even know what sookie sookie means, and you ought to say sookie sookie. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, okay, now go to second, we were there in second Chronicles. Um, well, you can just write this down. Or here, let's go real quick. Exodus 40. Exodus 40. This is uh, the story. We just read second Chronicles. This is... Uh, Second Chronicles was the story of whenever Solomon built the temple. Exodus 40 is when Moses built the tabernacle. Now, how many of you know the tabernacle 
was just a portable, or let's turn it the other way around. The temple was just a permanent building structure in the same shape and dimensions and everything as the portable tent tabernacle that they carry around in the wilderness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And that's where God's presence, there was the outer court, inner court, and the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was where God's presence was. And so when, when Moses got done building the tabernacle in Exodus 40, and he built it exactly like God said, it says in verses 33, we'll start there. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. That's important. Remember back there in 2 Chronicles, we read that in verse 1? Chapter 5, verse 1. Whenever David, excuse me, Solomon got done building the tabernacle, that's whenever the glory got, the, the house got filled with the glory of God. Here's Moses finishing the, temp, the, the, the tabernacle, and he finished the work, then a cloud. Here it is again covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the, temp the tabernacle. Amen? Amen. Well, what's the, what, what's the pattern we see here? Well, the pattern we see is a number of things. Number one, every house God ever had on the earth, he filled it with his glory. Number one, the temple, I mean, excuse me, the tabernacle, the temple, you could say next was, well, you could back up and say Adam, then the tabernacle, then the temple, then you could say Jesus, he was God in, 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 in the flesh, he was also the house of God, you know, and then the church, we read in Acts 2, God filled the church with his glory. That belongs to us. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 2, we read it. That plan of redemption, the, the, uh, trying to remember the translation, I don't remember the translation. It actually says, one translation says, was God's plan. The plan of redemption was God's plan marked off from the foundation of the world to bring us back to the glory. Bring us back, because man lost this in sin and God through the plan of redemption worked it out so we could be so we're now back to it Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah I said hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah this is mentioned the glory is mentioned all through the Bible God has always wanted to reveal himself to his people in this way in his manifest presence hallelujah it's the very atmosphere itself getting filled with his presence you can read it over in the book of Acts chapter 2 where it says the, the house was filled. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. It makes it very plain there. It didn't just fill them, it filled the whole house. Hallelujah. Acts in Ephesians calls God the God of glory. Jesus is called in this verse here in 1 Corinthians 2, 8, the Lord of glory. The church is the theater of God's glory. The church... It's called the glorious church. It's called the glorified church in Romans 8.30. And God, that just simply means God has given the glory to us. In other words, it's where he displays his glory. You're not going to find the glory down at the mall. You're going to find it in the church. 
Now, don't misunderstand me. We've had record in history of meetings where the people of God gathered together, get so full of the glory that it would go out from that meeting and go down. One, one time in, in Maria Worth Edder's, I believe it was her meeting, that uh, it filled a 50-mile radius around the meeting and people got saved and, got, and they left their sin and left the bars and, and bars closed down and whole towns came to Jesus because of the manifest presence of God. Hallelujah. But, but it didn't just manifest out there because God just moved out there in the world. He moved through the church through the people of God who were in one accord. Oh, and one accord around what God's plan was, not one accord around their man's plan. Amen. Um, the reason God wants us to talk about this is because this is the last fr final frontier of the church. This is where we need to be contending for in the last days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In other words, uh, really, this is where fullness really is. You ever heard Brother Hagin tell stories? He'd be preaching and a light would flash. You ever heard those stories? And whenever, you know, for a moment when a light, real bright light flashes, you can't see anything. But when you finally can see again, Brother Hagin said, when that light would flash, he said, every sinner was up in the altar. He said, every person that had not been baptized in the Holy Ghost in the meeting was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Every sick person was healed. Every backslider was back in fellowship with God. And people, the chairs were closer than, you know, closer, the aisles were closer together than this. And people that were sitting beside the person that was down on the altar when you could see, they'd say, how'd they get down there? They didn't come by me. <laughs> We've got a lot that we need to believe God for. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to do more of this. Hallelujah. I believe that's why he's having us talk about it so much. He wants to do more of this. Glory to God. <clears throat> you ever thought about it? He's the same. God's the same today. He's still the Lord of glory. Jesus is still the Lord of glory. <clears throat> Hallelujah. The church only has a limited understanding of this. And uh, I'll be honest with you. The reason, there are reasons we haven't seen more of this. And the reason is we don't believe Number one, Jesus said, if you believe, you'd see the glory. Second of all, we haven't got the house built yet. What? What do you mean you haven't got the house built yet? Well, you notice that they didn't fill the house in Exodus, didn't fill the house in Second uh, Chronicles until the house was built. Now come over to First Peter now. Come to First Peter, chapter number... Two. <clears throat> I'm not going to keep you too long tonight. Look with me at First Peter chapter number two, verse number five. Ye also, as lively stones, living stones, another way of saying it, are built up a spiritual house. Now stop right there for a moment. You can see instantly from the way he's describing this, he's not talking about us individually. I mean, the house is not referring to us individually. The stones are referring to us individually. Right? Ye as lively stones 
There are many stones in a wall that builds a house or whatever. Ye as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. So when he says, when he refers to house here, he's not talking about us individually being the house of God, although individually we are. We know that from Scripture. But this is, he's not talking about that here. Ye as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. He's talking about all of us, isn't he? A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So here, he's not talking about individuals. In, um, as far as when he refers to the house, he's not talking about individuals. He's talking about individuals when he talks about the stones that build the house. Isn't that right? And uh, second, the, the first book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3.16 in the Amplified says it again. Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple, his sanctuary, that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you at home, and to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. Notice both ways. We are the house of God individually. God goes with us when we leave. Amen. He lives on the inside of us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But he's still trying to get across to us that when we come together, God has a further plan. This isn't like the Kiwi Club get down there or the, you know, the uh, veterans getting together or, you know, whatever, just a, a bunch of people getting together at a football game. This is a habitation of God. Go to Ephesians chapter number 2. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. My goodness. Ephesians 2. You still out there? We're learning some things tonight. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Aren't you glad you're a part of the kingdom of God? You're, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. Fellow citizens with the saints, notice, and of the what? The household of God. And are what? Built upon the what? Oh, sounds like a house going up. Upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the what? Chief cornerstone. We, we would talk, you know, foundation. House has a foundation, has cornerstones, whatever. Chief cornerstone. In whom all the what? Building, fitly what? Framed together grows unto holy what? Temple in the Lord. This is all building going up. Hallelujah. In whom you also are, what? Built. Built together, why? What's God, what are we talking about all this for? What's God say all this for? What's his plan? We ought to be interested in his plan in the New Testament. What's his plan? Uh, Built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Well, why would that be necessary? I'm the habitation individually of God. Because God has a further plan than just us individually. Where we come together and unite in faith and in love. Learn to be in unity with others in the body of Christ. See, this is what I, people say, you know, modern day Christians, they have the idea, you know, they use the term, I've heard it so often, it gets so old, you know, I'm, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, but I don't believe in organized Christianity. And I tell them, I'm getting bolder. I tell them, because you believe wrong. 
God believes in His people getting together and worshiping united in one accord because He has a plan. His plan is better than man's plan. Man wants to be alone, be a lone ranger, and maybe every now and then bring a tonto along. You know what I mean? And be divided. Satan is the author of division. Satan would love to keep us separated. Satan would love to keep us out of church because he doesn't want this. He doesn't want the habitation of God. He doesn't want the corporate anointing. He hates it. That's why he hates unity. He tries to separate. He tries to keep people out. Because what happens in the local church is, and when, and, and when companies come together, and not just come together and all sit in the same room, but unite in heart. Unite around the vision of the leadership. Agree with it. Believe God for it. Not criticizing it, not talking against it, not being divided, not, not being offended at each other. Offense or uh, disunity is like trying to fill a building. We, you, you, you get hot out here. We get real cold and hot in Iowa. And you want the buildings closed up to keep the heat or the, cold, the, the air conditioning in. And uh, because, you know, you open the windows, doors and everything, it just goes right out. But you, disunity and offense and unforgiveness and criticism of leadership... What God's trying to give, the, 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 the direction God's trying to give the church through leadership, all of that, disunity and stuff, it's like taking a whole wall and blowing it out and trying to fill that building with heat or cold or trying to fill it with the glory of God. The glory of God can't fill it because it just keeps... I'm not talking about a physical building. I'm talking about this spiritual house. Am I making any sense tonight? God has a plan. Why does God have us talk about this? Because he has a plan. What's his plan? To fill, to, for us to be united in, in unity with one another, walking in love with one another, committed to the vision God's given leadership, not speaking, not some people saying, well, I don't agree with that plan. You know, they're talking about a building. I don't think we need a building. That's just disunity that keeps the house from fill, getting filled with the glory. I've been in churches where people on this side are offended at people on this side. It's like preaching, you know, it's like the word goes out and bounces off the wall and smacks you back in the face. No, no anointing. Amen. Are you still glad, Pastor J. King? See, what this does is it makes us all, whether we sit, whether we are behind the pulpit or sitting in the pew, it gives us responsibility. We need to find out what our role is in the local church and jump in with both feet because we want this glory. We want this glory. Hallelujah. Every church needs to learn to flow together in the Spirit. If the Holy Ghost is moving one way, we flow with it. In unity. Not half of us sitting back there going, well, that's not the way I want it. I needed this tonight. Amen. Praise God. Because God wants us to flow together because he wants us to build a house. A spiritual house. Hallelujah. Remember what Brother Hagin said God's doing today? Somebody asked him, what's God doing today? He said he's building strong local churches and teaching them to flow with the Holy Ghost. Saying the same thing. Saying the same thing. Hallelujah. Bring your supply. Bring your unity. Bring your agreement. 
Bring your, bring your faith. Bring your, uh, your finances. Bring your, bring your, uh, you know, your helps ministry. Bring your, your, uh, you know, just bring everything you got to the plan of God. The city depends on it. People's lives, people's salvation depends on it. Amen. It's going to require unity, isn't it? I said, hallelujah, it's going to require unity. But at least we know now. Praise the Lord. Now, let's, uh, uh, there's, there's so much, we've got to wrap, start wrapping this up, beginning to commence to think about quitting. <laughs> Amen. The early church learned to do this. Here's what I want, I want to put this thought in your mind. In our day, God wants to use individuals like he always has. He has always called people, always anointed people, and they have stood in different places and ministries and so forth. But God wants the church today to learn this lesson, that he wants to use individuals, but he also wants to use groups. He wants to use congregations. But see, that takes more than just one person knowing something about the anointing. It takes all of us learning about what we're talking about tonight. And we all have a responsibility to, to be in one accord. Like, they, like we kept reading in these verses. They were all in one accord in one place. Listen, whenever the worship team worships God and, and, and say, let's lift our hands. Are they just up there to humor us or are we just supposed to lift our hands? Come on now. When, when instructions come, well, I'll lift my hands if I want to. I don't feel like it today. This isn't about your feelings. Well, I don't feel lead. Well, here's a pencil that has lead in it. Feel lead. <laughs> well, that's not my personality. Yeah, and your personality is basically formed by unbelief. Now you say, oh, that's hard. Well, I'm just using what the Lord used on me one time. When I tried that on him, I tried that. I said, Lord, that's not my personality. He said, yeah, and your personality was basically formed by unbelief. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he, I said, Lord, you hit me a, whole, a low blow. So don't use that on him. It won't work. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm having a good time tonight. Now, I want you to notice when the day of Pentecost, this is Acts chapter number two, when it was fully come. Say that out loud, when it was fully come. In other words, it was time for something. Amen? Some things have a time on God's calendar to be fulfilled. But once it's time, man has a part in it being fulfilled also. Amen? When, when God has something on his calendar. The Bible talks about the early and the latter rain. We're in the time of the latter rain. We're in the time of the outpouring of the Spirit. We're in the time of the great harvest of the, of the whole earth before Jesus comes. The Bible says it's going to be a quick work. Praise the Lord. Okay, well, we're in that time. Uh, it's time for it. What do we do? What's our role? Unity. Being Gathering together with other believers. And being in unity. When the Holy Ghost wants to move, we move with Him. Glory to God. So when it's time for something on God's calendar, man has to respond to God's plan for it to come to pass. And our response is unity. So what we see is power shows up in response to unity of God's people. 
God responds to unity. In, in all of these references, we read Second Chronicles, we read uh, Acts here. The, the church initiated that move. God responded to their unity. So they weren't waiting on God. God was waiting on them. To do what? To form a house. Which is, which is done by unity. Hallelujah. So we need to learn to respond. This is what the devil's afraid of. I said this is what the devil's afraid of. He's afraid of people getting in unity. That's why he brings strife. That's why he gets people to open their mouth and criticize. That's why he gets people offended and out of church. He doesn't want this house built. Because this is, this is his worst nightmare. I said it's his worst nightmare. Glory to God. Because when this started happening in the book of Acts, whole cities were coming to the Lord at a time. You read it. I mean, people, angels appearing, getting leadership out of jail. Stuff was happening. Hallelujah. But it all came about as, as they got in one accord. You read it over and over again. They got together and united in one accord, whether it was in prayer or worshiping God or something. Hallelujah. And the devil doesn't want this to happen today, but it's going to happen. Whether it's through you and I or somebody else is going to get in you, it's, God's plan will come to pass. I don't want to be an outside observer. I want to be a participator. I want to be in the middle of it. I want to be in services that are three days long and nobody realized it was that long. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. So we see in all these verses, power shows up, manifests in response to unity amongst God's people. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, let's just wrap this up by saying some things about walking in love. Would that be all right? Oh, I knew I should have just kind of skidded out the back door before he got to that. <laughs> um, by the way, while we're, while we're uh, uh, getting on this, um, the, the uh, Azusa Street Revival you read the testimonies of the accounts of the ones who were in that revival and they said it was almost a constant thing in the building. That cloud was there. They said children would play in it. Play hide and seek in it. <laughs> just a constant part of the meeting. They said usually it was uh, just a couple of feet deep but they'd get to worshiping God or something and it would just fill the whole atmosphere. Well, Glory. How many of you know you can't, you can't do things that grieve the Spirit of God and then have the manifestation of things like that? Amen? Amen. So how about we learn to, to uh, be in unity? What does that mean? The Bible says to strive for unity. Amen? Amen? He says to strive for unity. Uh, you can see verses that talk about uh, uh, loving the unity of the, the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And so it's important that we 
that we recognize what shuts down what I'm preaching tonight. There are many things the devil brings to divide us. He, the devil is a master of dividing us. He'll point out our differences. Well, you're of this background, I'm of this background. Not in the church. Not in the church. That's carnality. Thank you for your enthusiasm on that. Spiritual people don't point out the differences. Spiritual people point out what unites us. We're all of one spirit. We, we are born of one blood, the blood of Jesus. Amen. We, we are all family. Carnal people point to things that divide us. I remember somebody pointed out one time, I remember going to Bible school when I was in Ramah, uh, somebody pointed out, they said, I notice most of your friends are African Americans. I said, I never thought about it. I never thought about it. I didn't think about what color they were. I literally had never thought about it. But when they brought it up, I said, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Never thought about it. See, that wasn't what we were focusing on. We were focusing on what we both loved in God. We were focusing on what we were both hungry for. I don't think we ought to be focused on these natural things. Carnal people focus on that. Well, hallelujah. Ephesians 4.3 in the Amplified. Be eager, strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness that is produced by the Spirit and in the binding power of peace. Strive for this. In other words, he said, go after unity. Anything that starts dividing, get, that, get rid of that. Go after unity. Amen? We're told to strive for unity. The unity of the Spirit. You know what that means? We can't do this in our own. It's going to have to be by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Unity, if it says go after it, that means it's not going to fall on us just automatically. It's not going to fall on us just naturally. This is going to have to be a supernatural thing because it's a supernatural love that we walk in. It's only, it only comes through walking in the Spirit. Not walking in the flesh. Fleshly people point out differences. Well, your skin's this color, mine's this color. That irritates my spirit. If you're spiritual and you listen to your spirit, it's, it's, God's not in it. I'm going to come back there and sit in somebody's lap and say, say it's not, he's not in it. Amen. I said he's not in it. Hallelujah. Unity in Psalm 133 is where God commands the blessing. Psalm 133, you ever read that? Just, I think, three, three verses or whatever, three, four verses. <clears throat> he said, blessed how, how blessed and uh, beautiful it is that men, brethren, dwell together in unity. Yes. He said, it's like the ointment. And he said, there God commands the blessing. Woo! How, about, how many of you know we can say there is where the glory will manifest? <laughs> Learn not to practice division. Some people have a habit, if you say black, they'll say white. If you say yes, they'll say no. If you say that's wrong, they'll say that's right. They just have a habit of disagreeing. It's a bad spiritual habit and you need to break it. I've seen husbands and wives live that way. You know, just, you know, one takes this side and so they, the other one takes the other side. Seek unity. Strive for unity. 
You're going to miss out on a whole lot of goodness, a whole lot of pleasantness, a whole lot of blessing, power, and faith if you're always divisive. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, strife and disunity is not a personality conflict. It's a strategy of the enemy. It's rooted in the realm of the spirit and the demonic uh, influences. And it tries to get in our nation. We see groups rising up against groups and so forth. That has, the church has nothing to do with that. Nothing. We have no business participating in it. Zero. Pastor, you're being strong. That's right. I'm leaving right after this, so you can't. <laughs> it's true. I said it's true. Give me an amen back there. We have nothing to do with it. It's not our spirit. The spirit of God is the, is the spirit that we follow. Hallelujah. You and I need to shut that down like a bad girlfriend. <laughs> I've said that a couple of times in church and my wife looks at me like, what? I had bad girlfriends in the past before I got married. <laughs> Amen. But just shut that stuff down. Somebody wants to bring up something. I know one time somebody, uh, some, some person, I don't, I'm trying to remember the deal. I don't remember who it was. I just remember somebody came to me and mentioned what they had said uh, against another, people call it another race. There is one race. One race. The Bible said one, he's made of one blood, all men. Amen. So they, somebody in our congregation said something against people of another color. I jumped on that like a duck on a June bug. That will not get in our church. Division, strife, fussing against. That is so carnal. You know, I'm building a barn. You know what that's for now. <laughs> Amen. I, that stuff irritates the Spirit of God. I mean... I mean, it grieves the Spirit of God. And it irritates your spirit if you listen to it. It's so shallow. It's a device of the enemy. And he, he seems to like that tool. He pulls it out of his toolbox a lot and tries to get people, you know, talking against one another and so forth. Amen. Abraham was spiritual. And when strife tried to get between he and Lot, he shut it down. He was willing to part with valuable assets. And, you know, flocks and animals and so forth. He's willing to part with things just to keep unity. Because he said, we're not having that strife in here because that will shut down our prosperity. It will shut down our blessing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Here's something that will help you along this line. Don't, don't push your own agenda. Your own interests. Amen. Learn to seek the good of the whole congregation. The good of the whole plan of God. Before you get real pushy and demanding about your own thoughts and your own plans and your own interests and what you think the church ought to do and so forth, ask yourself the question, how is this going to affect this division? How is it going to affect the overall plan of God? You know, is it going to bring division that shuts down what God's wanting to do? We ought to be interested in more than just us. You know, a lot of things, they don't matter at the end of the day. That's right. That's right. How, how, which direction it went in the church. 
which direction leadership was led to go. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Did you still want to hear this or are you ready to go home? Praise God. These, uh, this strategy in the sports world, take basketball maybe, for example, there's a strategy. If one team has a strong player, a real strong player maybe of some kind, uh, they will double team him. The opposite team, the, the opposing team will double team him. In other words, they'll put two players on that one good player they, they, on the other team. They'll, they'll, they'll try to shut that one good player down because he's the one that makes all the baskets or he's the one that, you know. And so they'll try to shut that one good down. They'll double team him. That's what the devil, the devil knows how to do that. He'll get, we, 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 God wants us to double team in the body of Christ against this, the enemy. But Satan tries to get into the church and gets the church to, to work against each other. He'll get people in the church to double up against somebody else in the church. It's diabolical. Amen. Let's stop falling for it. What do you say? Why? Because we want this place filled with the glory of God. Hallelujah. It's going to come to pass. We're learning about it. We're developing our faith for it. We're learning to shut down our own agendas. Glory to God. Walk in unity. Walk in love. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You get a taste of this. I've had some taste of this. I remember one time the glory of God came in. Uh, I'm thinking of a service in, uh, in a church. We, we were ministering. The glory of God came rolling in. And people just fell out uh, under the anointing. Just, just uh, I mean, rejoicing, laughing. It was a, it looked like a bomb went off up front. <laughs> and uh, this one lady, she kept, she kept rolling back and forth. You ever heard of Holy Roller? She was a Holy Roller. That's just not a, 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 a title. There are people that are holy rollers. <laughs> she was rolling. She rolled this way. And uh, I was ministering to different ones up there. I was going back and forth and ministering to different ones. And every now and then I'd walk by her. And she'd look at me and she'd say, Hi! She said, I'm free. Hi! And she'd just get drunk again. I said, Be blessed. She rolled and laughed and rejoiced. <laughs> That went on for an hour, probably. And you know, you, you don't know, if you're a guest minister, you don't know the people, so you're not sure what all God's doing. You're just glad He's doing whatever he, they need. And, and so, but that was, uh, that, was, uh, that was one particular night. And the pastor told me, he said, you don't know what they've been going through. And uh, they were about to get a divorce. And he didn't go into all the detail. He, well, there was an, uh, her husband was up there too, but she was the main, she was the main drunk, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, but after the service, you don't know that that was ministering to their marriage. And he didn't go into many details, except we were back a year later, about a year, I think it was, or maybe a little longer. And uh, this couple, that lady actually came up I, I, you know, you meet so many people, you don't remember everybody, but she came up with a little baby. And she said, Pastor Jay, I want you to meet our, our baby. I don't remember if it was a boy or a girl at this point. But um, I said, oh, hi, he's so cute or whatever, you know. And she said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no, I don't remember you. <laughs> she said, I was the lady last time rolling on the floor. <clears throat> I said, oh, didn't recognize you standing up, you know. 
<laughs> and so, so uh, she said, uh, you got to realize what God did that night. And she said, I, when I was a, I don't know, young girl, teenager, whatever, however old, and she said, I came in on my mom uh, being violated in the house one night, came in by, to the house by mom being violated by another man. And she said, that traumatized me. And when I got married, they had been married a year plus or something. When I got married, every time we went to consummate the marriage, I'd have flashbacks of that and I would go out of the room screaming. And my husband was about done with it. You know, they're married, but they hadn't consummated it. So she, they, they were about to get a divorce. Except on the floor. See, this is God's operating table. Did you know that? <laughs> Put some anesthesia in you. It's called the joy of the Lord. And then he starts taking things out and putting things in, you know. <laughs> and so, but the Lord, the Lord ministered to her. I didn't know all that was going on, but the Lord ministered to her. And uh, set her free from that. Thank God. Set her free from that. And she was delivered and they uh, had a baby out of it. They consummated the marriage. And so I'm like, oh, now I'm so thankful you brought the baby. And they named the baby. They gave the baby, the middle, was, now I remember it was a boy. Because they gave the boy a middle name and it was Jay. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's so sweet. But, but uh, see, God will just fix whatever. You get this kind of anointing in manifestation. Because the, the whole house is just filled with the presence of God. And it will just start fixing things wherever people need it. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Lift up your hands. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. We are interested. We are interested enough, Father, to seek you our part in uh, what you have planned for us in this realm of the glory of God. Father, we're not only interested, we're hungry. We're hungry. We are, we are people that are desirous of the fullness of your plan. Not just part of your plan, but the fullness of it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you for revealing your plan to us. And Father, you revealed it so we can pursue your plan. This is not just a revelation that you, we can go away and thank you for, but something to pursue and something to go after. Thank you, Father, for the fullness of your plan right here in Porterville, right here at River Church. Hallelujah. Teach us. Teach us to be in one accord. Teach us to respond to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Is your heart agreeing with this? Teach us, Father, to respond and move with you. Hallelujah. We long for your glory to be in full manifestation. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Praise your name. In Jesus' name, we believe for the, the greater glory, the increase of your glory in, in our services and in our times together, in our times of prayer. And when we gather together, Father, we thank you for fullness. We thank you for fullness. Oh, thank you for fullness. Thank you for fullness. Somebody down the left side of your body, it seems like it's not just one uh, part of your body, but there's, there's, there's something wrong. It seems like there's some pain or something on the left side of your body. Who is that? God's healing that right where you are. Right where you are. Is that you, sister? 
right there where you are. Lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus, I speak to that pain and command that to leave. Down her body, down the left side of her body. I rebuke that. Thank you for your anointing right where she is. The glory of your presence right where she is coming on her. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Somebody has... Uh, their ears keep going closed. Seem like they might be closed now. They seem like it was maybe not this way before, but now it seems like your ears are closed quite a bit. Now, I don't mean you can't hear, but it's like you're just kind of like you got, you know, you went swimming, you got water in your ears and it's not as, you don't hear as well. Somebody's got to, who is that? Who is that? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be healed. I command those ears to open in Jesus' name. Who is? Is this, do you have your hands up? In the name of Jesus, I command her ears to be opened. In Jesus' name, be free. Be free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for it. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Oh, yeah, all across this room. Oh, yeah, all across this room. All across. There it is. Yushakaye. How? Healing like a wave. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's coming on some of you right where you're standing. Receive it. Just receive it. Lift up your hands and say it out loud. I take it. I take my healing in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Somebody's been having joint problems. Uh, I would say joint pain. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Joint pain. I command that to leave right now. I command your joints to be healed. Your joints to be free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Somebody's been having some stomach trouble. Uh, it's just been unsettled a lot. Not, not, not uh, you know, settled. And it's just been, uh, I don't know, just, that's the best way I know how to say it, unsettled. Who is that? Where is that? Right back there. Be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to your stomach. Command that to be settled. I command the acid in her stomach to be normal. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 That anointing is ministering to you, sister. It's ministering to you, sister. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's somebody here. I have Mashike. Eda Masuke. E Eda Mozuke. He Ignyanyakaye. There's a financial decision you need to make. A financial decision you need to make. And you've been, uh, I, I, I want to say, uh, sort of fretting over it or, or uh, kind of toiling over it or anxious about it. A specific financial decision. Who is that? Who is that? Is that you? Anybody else? Specific financial decision. Pastor, is this, is this you also, sister? Do you have your hand up or are you just praising God? Okay. Just praising God. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A specific financial decision. Father, we call for the wisdom. Thank you, Father. That light comes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. It's settled. It's settled. It's settled. It's settled because he, 
ki a shi ke no doktor ke gecheki hey thank you father now it's settled i don't understand why why i'm saying that but i just keep hearing that in my spirit it's settled now it's settled somehow or another now you know brother juan come up here thank you father thank you father peshta kande brush esha shinoli bengalanganeya fushukuturi ah thank you for it father thank you for it father thank you for it father if it's not quite brother juan if it's not quite it's not right thank you for it father thank you for it father Thank you for it, Father. 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 Hmm. Hallelujah. Sister, I don't I don't know you. I, I somebody told me I think you're a pastor's sister. Is that right? Come up here. If I could, could I minister to you? Ah, mashike edene brosoke enine ekushika nai. Is it, is it in another area? It seems like there's a decision you need to make. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Not really? That's fine. That's fine. You just keep standing out to me. Something that your, your, your heart is reaching out for. From, from. The desire of her heart. I okay there it comes ishkataye 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 receive 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 ishkataye hekeshukuto hushkataye ishke hekeshukoye ekanzangaye thank you father it all comes to pass it all comes to pass the desire of her heart yikananaye you're married right is it is does your husband know about this Either way is fine. I'm not. This is not a trick question, huh? To know about this desire, yeah. Father God, as they, as they unite in faith, I thank you that'll manifest. That oh 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 oh, mm. ooh 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 that angel, that angel, that angel, that angel. Ha, iki tiki. Yeah, go go go. Bring that to pass. I have no idea what I'm talking about. She does. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you ought to jump in. Ha 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 
<laughs> Be blessed, Mama. <laughs> Woo, glory. Woo, glory. Mashiakete. Mashiakete. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> Glory. Woo. Glory. Ha ha ha. There it goes, sister. There it goes. <laughs> Woo! It's going back the rows. Woo! Be blessed. Be blessed. <laughs> Woo! Glory. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Your face won't crack. Some of you, if you smile, you, you look like your face might crack. It won't crack. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <clears throat> Glory. Wow. <laughs> Brother, come on up here. You're supposed to be ushering, right? You take your ushering here. I'll take your ushering hat off here. <laughs> Receive. <laughs> be blessed. <laughs> ha ha ha. Don't take the devil so seriously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ha ha ha. We were in a meeting one time and the laughter broke out, the joy of the Lord broke out, and a Methodist pastor's wife was visiting. She was not used to that. But um, she got, she got uh, drunk, and her husband, her pastor husband, Methodist pastor husband, 
she, she, got, she was sitting on the chair and she got drunk and fell off the chair laughing. And her husband like, whoa. He had never seen her do that. But she had been diagnosed. Her, the, pastor, the, the pastor that I was preaching for, his wife had invited them because she knew she had been diagnosed, the, the Methodist pastor's wife had been diagnosed with cancer. She went back to her doctor and they couldn't find the cancer. She's completely healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And she came back and got filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Pastor. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you, Lord. Anything else? Hallelujah.